tonight, we'd like to welcome you to our podcast. Uh, you can check us out on Spotify, uh, Anchor, uh, Pocket Cast. Uh, you'll be able to find us under episodes under What is Man? This is part three of a series called Fallen from Glory. So this particular one is called Fallen from Glory. Uh, the two before this under the series What is Man? The first one, part one spirit soul and body and the second one the hierarchy of creation so we're going to get into this one this is fallen from glory and we are uh, talking about the beginning adam what man was like what is man Uh, an angel actually asked this question first now we know we knew people who actually asked this question what is man what is my purpose where am i from what am i supposed to do here do i have a purpose uh things like this so um here we're going to explore the origin of man uh, in his glorious state. Now everyone's pretty much uh, familiar with the story of Adam in the beginning. Uh, and they, they know about the fall. Everyone talks about the apple that um, Adam ate that caused uh, him to uh, fall into sin. And so the emphasis has always been on sin, but it's never really been on who he was before he fell. What was he like? You know, we we talked about this uh, in our last um, episode, uh, the part, uh, the hierarchy of creation. We talked about this and um, we uh, explored how that man was created just under God, the creator himself. So. Uh, let's get into this. The scripture says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, we hear the scripture and we think that we are falling short of something that we are trying to attain, a place we've never been. Uh, but this is not the case. Actually, man was created with this type of glory. And we're going to see this as we go forward. Let's look at Philippians 3, 13 uh, through 14. It says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but that this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. And I'm reaching forth unto the things which are before me, because I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. You know, there's something to be obtained in Christ besides salvation, besides going to heaven. Everyone thinks about these things. We think about, we focus on sin. We focus on just trying to get to heaven. That We think heaven is the prize. Heaven is not, is not the prize that Paul is talking about here when he talks to, um, uh, here in the book of uh, Philippians. He's not talking about heaven. He's actually talking about glory. We are trying we are trying to attain something that we once were created in. Do you know that you were inside of Adam when Adam was created? Do you know when uh, when God created Adam, God created him perfectly. He created him to be glorious. As a matter of fact, as we go further, we find that Adam was actually crowned with glory. If we go to Psalms chapter 8, verses 5 through 6, I want you to see something here. Because we're talking about the beginning. Now we know Adam, everyone says, well, Adam, he ate that tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, he sinned, he, he, he died spiritually, and as a result, he was naked. No, actually, Adam was always naked, but Adam didn't know he was naked. 
And I'm going to tell you why he didn't know he was naked, because he was clothed in a substance, if you will. He was clothed in something that shielded him from the ability to see his nakedness. Let's go to Psalms 8, 5 through 6. It says, For you have made him a little lower than angels. Now remember, if you go back and listen to our podcast before this, we find that the word angels here is not the word angels. It's actually the word Elohim. And Elohim is the Godhead. So he's saying, it would read this way, For you have made him a little lower than the Godhead, a little lower than yourself, right? And have crowned him with glory and honor. And you have made him to have dominion over all the works of your hands that you have put all things under his feet now notice that he said he crowned him with glory and honor i want you to see something we think of a crown we think of something that sits upon your head and we say something is crowned upon your head when actually this word crown actually is the hebrew word atar now atar means to encircle or to encompass or to surround something so it wasn't talking about his head being crowned. It was talking about his entire body was crowned, was surrounded or encompassed or enveloped is a better word. It was enveloped in glory, right? Okay. Crowned him with glory. Okay. So that word glory. And then the next word is glory is actually the Hebrew word kabod. Kabod means weighty, something heavy something splendorous copious like very very um, overwhelming okay and then with he crowned him which is a tar with glory kabod and honor the word honor is hadar now hadar means magnificence ornamental like splendor beauty so can you imagine here the bible is saying here that adam was enveloped in a very weighty, very powerful, very uh, overwhelming uh, 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 glory that covered him. And it was beautiful and it was brilliant. So can you imagine when animals saw him, they didn't see a naked man. They saw a man who was emitting a very bright and beautiful light coming from him. Okay, you know, I use this example. I say, you know, you can look at the old light bulbs now. We know we have LED now and, and, and uh, some of these fluorescent type lights, and it's really hard to see. But the old style lights, you know, uh, they had what was called a filament on the inside. And that little filament is the little wire that you see stretched across the inside. And so when that light bulb is off, you buy a new light bulb, you're looking at that little wire and you say, wow, you know, that little bitty thing makes a light. But when that light is turned on, you cannot see the filament. The filament becomes overcome, enveloped in a brilliance that cannot be looked upon without having some issues visually when you're looking at it. Can you imagine Adam? Adam was like his body, his naked self was like that filament. It could not be seen as long as the glory that was emitting from him, that enveloped him, was showing forth because when it happens like everything that looked upon him could hardly gaze upon him because of the brilliance that was upon him and this came by the spirit you remember we said uh in our podcast before how that man if we think that he's one part just a body then when god said you the day you eat of this fruit you'll surely die 
he didn't die if we were thinking only physically. But because man is a three-part being, he is a spirit, he lives in a body, and he has a soul, he did die spiritually, he was dying soulishly, and he would die physically. So the moment Adam ate from the tree, he died spiritually. Nor death does not mean to cease to exist or to be eliminated. It means to be separated from a life source. And you know, I, I use the example, on your home, outside there is a meter can that's out there. It's the little clear lens that has all the little numbers on the inside of it. And so uh, when an electrician or, or the power company comes, if they pull that meter head, then all of your lights and plugins inside will be dead. Now, does that mean they cease to exist? No, they're still there, but they are powerless because why? They've been disconnected from a power source. And so what's happened is that when Adam sinned, he was disconnected from the source of the power and glory, and that was the Father. God told him to don't eat from this tree because if you do the day you eat of it you will surely be separated from me and as a result uh, that entered into Adam and it entered into us so we were essentially stillborn spiritually now soulish death as we talked about in our podcast before is despair hopelessness it is fear and anxiety and paranoia and all these things that come that there is no hope for the future and physical death we know to be made inanimate it's no longer alive, no longer conscious, and it goes back to the dirt. So looking at this, going back to um, here, Psalms chapter 8, we see that Adam was created with glory and honor. This was all upon him. Do you know that was upon you as well? You know, if Adam had of, had offspring, if he had had any children before the fall, they would have been born sons of God. But because he sinned before he procreated, he had only sons of men. He became mortal. The thing that made Adam supernatural was that he had the spirit of the father on the inside of him. And after he sinned, he was separated from the father, the power source. The power source that caused the filament of his body to show and emit light was disconnected and therefore he was naked. And God no longer had communication with him and God came down in the garden in the cool of the day and he said to Adam Adam where are you and Adam said I hid myself because I heard your voice walking in the garden in the cool of the day because I was naked now he's always been naked but he was clothed that's what encompassed right now you're enveloped you are crowned with whatever garment you have on right now whatever type of clothing right now I have on this uh, this shirt here and this is actually my crown or my covering to cover my nakedness if you will and so that's what it was in those days and so this is amazing because I want you to see this because this is really important because what Jesus does when he comes is he then restores things that were lost in the days of glory now look here uh, I, I use the example of Jesus's resurrection body of course we know Jesus did not come out of out of Adam if Jesus's stepfather Joseph had actually fathered him meaning Jesus had come out of Joseph then Jesus would be dead in sin because Joseph came out of Adam and 
Joseph died in Adam, just like the rest of us. But God prophesied in Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, he says to the serpent, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman and between her seed and your seed. And of course, a woman does not have seed. Uh, the word, Greek word for seed is sperma. So this has to be given to her by a man. Men have seed, women have eggs. So, but God is saying to, to the, the serpent that in the future, I will give seed directly to a woman. And this he was speaking about Mary, who uh, he overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, and she conceived Jesus. So, and because Jesus did not come out of Adam, he was born spiritually alive and connected to the Father, and therefore could live a life that was perfect, uh, absent of sin. And so that's so good. When we look at Luke chapter 24, verse 39, I want you to see something about Jesus, uh, his resurrection body. Okay. And then I'm going to make some statements concerning the composition of our bodies and some things. So uh, it says, behold, he's, he's, he's there um, and he's a, risen from the dead and he's appearing to his disciples. And he says to them, behold, my hands and my feet. That is, it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bone, as you see that I have. See, what he's saying here is that his body, we know that he shed his blood. He shed every ounce of blood that he had to the extent that all that was coming out was plasma. I mean, you know, when they had him on the cross and the soldier runs the spear up into Jesus' chest cavity and the Bible says blood and water gushed forth. Okay, we know that that not only blood, but it was also uh, the, the fluid that had built up around his, his heart, this kind of a plasma type uh, fluid that had, that had flowed out of him. And so now we see him in his resurrection body. There's no blood in it. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, he, here he says, he says, behold, my hands and my feet, that it is me, that is I myself handle me and see for my, for a spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see that I have. Now I thought to myself, I said, you know, he meant to say flesh and blood because that cliche, maybe it's different uh, in, in their culture. It's a, a different um, figure of speech, if you will. But actually, when I go back and, and remember that Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says to him, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. So here he's using that flesh and blood cliche. And then he, we find here that he says flesh and bone. So we know that Jesus did not make a mistake when he said that this resurrection body that he has has no blood. It's just flesh and bone. Okay. Notice the resurrection body didn't need blood to live. Blood was not the source of its life. As we find with us today, our bodies live because of blood. If you look at every death that it happens, it is blood related. Now you say, wow, I never really thought about it. Think about it. A heart attack. If your heart ceases to be able to pump the blood, your body will die. If you uh, sustain some kind of brain trauma, the communication from the brain is, is altered and therefore your body cannot operate and function as it should. 
so you die. If you are uh, stabbed and you bleed out, you die. If you uh, sustain any type of uh, organ failure, these things have an effect on the blood and therefore you are unable to sustain life because of it. Every death is blood related. But I want you to think of something. In the beginning, when God created Adam, he didn't create him to live on blood. Blood was actually life support for humanity. Adam's life, just as Jesus' life came from the spirit, not the blood in his resurrected form, Adam's body originally did not get its life from blood. Now you say, why is this important? It's very important. You have to understand that when Jesus came and he restored you back to your pre-glorious state, that he uh, also gave you dominion and he restored back the life that you lost. Now, today, we have blood, we live by blood, but we actually can choose to live by the blood or live by the spirit. You know, the scripture says that the same spirit that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Now think of this. What are they saying? It's saying that the spirit that resurrected Jesus can give your body life or what is the alternative? You live by the blood. Now the blood is like the law. The law has to be maintained. Every day you're going to have to maintain it. So most people, most Christians, we, we live oblivious to the, the idea that you can walk in divine health because the spirit gives your body life and animates it. And so we live by the blood, the flesh. And so you have to exercise and you have to eat right and you have to avoid uh, things that could uh, harm you health-wise. Uh, this is a maintenance program. But God, when he redeemed you back to himself by Jesus, he also restored your ability to live in divine health. You say, how do you get that? Well, 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid for you to be well. No sickness, no disease that he didn't pay for. The Bible says that by his stripes we were healed. That's 1 Peter 2.24. And in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, it says that by his stripes we are healed. So Jesus, we know, went to the whipping post and he was there beaten and he shed blood there. And according to Isaiah and according to Peter, he paid for our healing. So we're not waiting on God to do something. He's already done as much as he will do concerning healing. We have to now consider those things completed and claim what is actually ours. Today we are facing a possible pandemic with the coronavirus. And there's a lot of fear. A lot of Christians are really worried about this virus. We know viruses they connect to the blood and they travel and do harm to the body because of it. 
But consider that if your life is by the Spirit of God, can the coronavirus infect Jesus? Can it infect the power of God? The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Remember, we're trying to return to the place of glory. And you have to consider what glory looks like. How can you return to glory when you have no idea what it means to walk in that state? Do you know that every believer, every believer has the potential to walk in this and it does not require works the blood requires works definitely if you're going to live by that eat right exercise drink plenty of water do everything that you need to do because that's where your life is coming from you're going to have to maintain it make sure that you don't um do things that would cause uh, harm to your organs and things of that nature but there are some who are walking in a divine health when statistically they don't appear to and you say, who are they? I am over 275 pounds probably. And yet my health is perfect. I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have diabetes. I don't have heart disease. I don't have um, any of these things that are life-threatening. Uh, and yet I don't go out of my way to eat the right things and do the right things and work my way into health because I walk in the understanding the revelation that Jesus paid it all and therefore he is the one that is providing me life by the spirit of God because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is quickening my mortal body do you know that if Jesus is part of my life you know that if I'm connected to him if I am the body if you are the body of Christ, does Christ have coronavirus? Does Christ have high blood pressure? Does Christ have... Now, these are things that you can choose, but the mentality must be there. You must change how we think and embrace this new perception of walking in Christ. It says, by one man's disobedience, many are made sinners. So is also by one man's obedience, many are made righteous. And this is implying the difference between Adam, who was created a living soul, and Jesus, the last Adam, who was made a quickening spirit. Quickening meaning a life-giving spirit. These are realities that we have to, to understand and embrace and live by. There's no reason for us to fear. Is God unable to sustain and protect his people? I can see where the error is because in our minds, if it's about doing, if it's about maintaining, if it's about working, if it's about these things, then yes, we fall short constantly. But Jesus took care of all these things. And if we don't acknowledge what he's already accomplished, how can we walk in the things that he has provided? The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, it says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? Well, Ezekiel 18:20 says the soul that sinneth will surely die. 
Now, who doesn't sin? We all sin. If we think that we don't, we are self-deceived. You know, I said once, a deceived man doesn't know he's deceived any more than a sleeping man knows that he's asleep. It's only when a sleeping man awakes that he knows that he was asleep. So is also with a deceived man, he doesn't know that he's deceived until he sees the truth. And I'm telling you here, the soul that sins will die living under the law, living under rule, do's and don'ts and maintenance. It's a maintenance plan. See, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is faith in Christ. And as a result, it will set you free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death says, if you sin, you die. But in Christ, the spirit of life is in Christ. If you want life, then you put your entire trust in Christ. But if you want to work your way through, you should exercise regularly. You should eat the right things. You should avoid sweets and things that have high calories. Um, you know, the doctor can give you a whole list of things that you should do. Take vitamins every day. Um, <laughs> but in Christ, there is a mental peace from all works. There's a rest knowing that he has accomplished all things. We should be the answer to the world. We shouldn't also be fretting over the things that are happening. How are we different from them? How can we give them good news when we are trying to save ourselves? We have to understand what we have in Christ. Christ has restored us back to our glorious state. We have pressed towards the mark of the high calling. The high calling is the glory of God. It is to look and act and be Christ because you are his body. And so this is our part three lesson on fallen from glory. The Lord has provided everything we need to bring us back to this place. And so we're really excited to share this with you, hoping that you will like or subscribe to this podcast so that you will get the notifications when we upload new teachings. Be encouraged, my friends. We love you so much. God bless you.